Are you looking for inspiration on a daily basis? Well, check out Deal to Heal Teas. With our inspirational teas, you're sure to find something that will inspire you. Just go to dealtoheelteas.myshopify.com. That's Deal to Heal Teas. Get some inspiration in your situation. Wear inspirational tea and be inspired all day. That's Deal to Heal Teas at Deal to Heal Teas. That my Shopify.com. Hey guys, this is Ernest James, host of the Deal to Heal with E. James podcast. And I got a question to ask you. Could you buy me a cheeseburger? Better yet, could you buy me a value meal? Yes? Well, guess what? I don't need a value meal. However, for the cost of a value meal, you can support this podcast to keep us on the air. Just go to Patreon slash Deal to Heal podcast and choose any one of the three tiers that's available. And if you just want to make a one-time donation, go to Cash App and make a donation to dollar sign E. James, the number 418. Make a one-time donation to the Cash App or, again, go to Patreon to support this podcast and keep us on the air. Thanks in advance. Be blessed. Welcome to Deal to Heal with E. James Podcast. On this podcast, my guest and I will discuss topics and ways to help us to heal in every area of our lives. I believe that everyone can live a life that is happy, healthy, and whole. So I'm on a mission to help people to deal, heal, and fulfill. Deal with your problem, heal from the pain, and fulfill your purpose. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get to it. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Ernest James. Uh, well, this is the Deal to Heal. Pro- ah, I am messing my whole intro up. <laughs> welcome, 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 everybody, to the Deal to Heal with E. James podcast. I'm your host, Ernest James, and I believe that everyone can and should live a life that is whole, healed, and healthy. And therefore, I'm on a mission to help people to deal, to heal, and fulfill, to deal with your problems, to heal from the pain, and to fulfill your purpose. Thank you guys once again for tuning in to the Deal to Heal with E. James podcast. If you haven't already, please listen, like, subscribe, and share uh, the podcast with other people. Um, also, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, our Facebook page, definitely where we can uh interact with you more on a day-to-day basis to let you know what we got going on. Uh, we've got a lot of stuff coming up, uh, webinars, um, you know, seminars, books, products, and things that's coming out that's going to be a blessing and definitely help you. So please log on to our Facebook page. Make sure you follow us. That way we can you know, communicate with you more, uh, with more information on a day-to-day basis. Also, subscribe to our uh, Spotify page or Spotify podcast, or wherever you listen to your podcast on your audio uh, devices. Also, I'm going to tell you guys how you can win $100 from the podcast, but you got to stay to the end to get that information. All right. So make sure you guys stay to the end, which I know you're going to stay anyway, because that's why you're here. You love it. Okay. Anyway, so today, <clears throat> excuse me, just like any other day, we are blessed with a guest, Miss Tanita. How are you doing? 
I'm good. I love that. Bless with a guest. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, you know, because first of all, I'm thank you for being here because you could have been anywhere else doing anything else, but you took out time to be here with me and my listeners. And so you blessed us with your presence. And so we are blessed to have you here and we definitely appreciate it that you took Thank out the time so to be here with us. Thank you for having me. Super excited to be here. No problem, no problem. So first of all, um, if you can just introduce yourself uh, to the listeners and kind of give us an idea of who you are and what it is that you do. Hi everyone, my name is Tanita Ballard. I am located in Los Angeles, California, and I am the one that helps the one that is typically showing up for everyone else. You're the one that's killing it professionally, you're killing it on your job, you're killing it in your business, but deep down inside, you feel like there's more to life. You feel unfulfilled. So I'm that person to guide you to the other side of that discomfort so that you can live a more fulfilled and happy life. All right. All right. So let's jump right in it then. So I, I named this this podcast uh, Healing Yourself by Doing uh, the Self-Work, right? Um, so I came across you. Uh, you're on a, on a live, actually, with uh, Takara. Um, uh, Takara Renee, I think that's her, her Instagram uh, name. Um, shout out to her. She always also was a uh, guests on the podcast, um, maybe about a couple, couple months ago. Yeah. Um, but so I came across you guys there. I was very intrigued by your conversation that you guys were having. Um, so I reached out to you to, to be here. And so I wanted to talk to you, um, because like you said, there are some of us and I, and I can say us because I, I believe to some extent, you know, mm -hmm. I may be even still in that boat. I've came a long way. <laughs> Every day. I think, I think um, part of me is still, you know, in that in that space of, of trying to figure out, you know, I think that I, and I'll just speak for myself. Sometimes, you know, you have a heart for helping others mm -hmm. and you focus so much on others that you kind of forget about yourself, you know, and then you find yourself kind of depleted because you've given so much and not necessarily been in a mode uh, to receive. So when, when we're talking about, when we're talking to, you know, someone who may like myself be in that, you know, space uh, just by starting with, you know, putting yourself first and making yourself a, a, a priority, where would we kind of start to get into that, into that space because a lot of times again we focus so much on helping others mm -hmm. that we don't even know how to to change that focus so one i would like to say like yourself i can relate to it i'm the oldest i have two younger brothers and i feel like i was groomed to take care of them to show up for others and it's like a natural part of who i am like i'm a servant um i serve god and i literally serve in almost every area that i'm in if it's in church I serve there. I cook for the community. I serve there in my sorority work. I work in diversity and inclusion in my day job. So I'm advocating for people to use their voices, be seen and heard. And then in my coaching business and speaking engagements, I'm also speaking on engagement. And so I'm pouring back into the communities and the people that I live in and I also serve. So 
it was a natural part of who I was, but I had to kind of take a step back when things started to happen time and time again. So in the event of I'm showing up for everyone, but people may not be showing up for me as hard as I'm showing up for them, or I'm so depleted because I'm continuing to add everyone else's things and items and concerns and to my list. And so then I start to find myself lower and lower and lower on the totem pole. And so I think the first step is to take a step back and to identify your why. Why are you going so hard for people? Why are you showing up over and beyond? So when I had to identify and look at my why, I realized that I was finding um, validation out of being the strong one. So that's mm -hmm. when I felt needed because I was like, they need me. They're calling me. But deep down inside, I didn't feel like I was good enough. So one, you need to identify that why. Why are you going over and beyond for everyone else? So I think that is a good place to start. Good, 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 good. And I, and I just to go back a little to uh, one of the things that you said that kind of struck uh, struck a nerve with me uh, was the using your voice, right? So now... I've been told I have a decent voice, right? But I've always had a light voice, you mm -hmm. know, especially for, for a male. So I grew up with a light voice. Um, so I was always made fun of, you know, mm -hmm. for my voice and things like that. And so one of my uh, defense mechanisms to keep from being made fun of for my voice was not to speak, mm -hmm. you know? And so I was really quiet, uh, still am to a, to a point, um, and, you know, keep keeping things to myself. And it took um, almost really, it took some time of, of speaking, uh, even as a minister of, of preaching, you know, and just go ahead and using my voice anyway, despite of how I felt about it, you mm -hmm. know, and connecting. And even more so since I started the podcast, the more, um, uh, I don't know what the word I want to say, assurance. I guess it, it, I can is the word. That's not the word I want to use, but that's the <laughs> word that, that comes to my mind right quick. But just acknowledgement. I mean, that's mm -hmm. that's more of a better word, you know, because I've I've had this conversation with different guests that I've had on and different people, and they're like, you know, I think your voice is great. You mm -hmm. know, you have a soothing voice, or you have an understanding voice, or whatever, you know. But that took some time for me to even get to that point that I felt confident enough or at least strong enough to say what I had to say, you know, or think that what I had to say was stronger than my self-consciousness uh, of how I thought I sounded. Mm -hmm. you know? And so I, I think that, you know, that using your voice part is a, a hurdle that a lot of us deal with, not necessarily because of, you know, like, like me, because of my literal voice, <laughs> I felt about it, but I think that some of us just have a, uh, maybe a fear, you know, and it kind of reflects back to what I said at first about, you know, putting yourself first, um, just a fear that, you know, how will people look at me if I said this about mm -hmm. myself or if I stood up for myself? And I, I think that, you know, that's one of our problems, you know, kind of look at or put the other people's opinion before our own, mm -hmm. you know, sort of like, okay, how, what will, what would Tanita say about me? You know what I mean? If I said this, you know, 
And so with that, it was so funny that you said like you struggled with your voice and I'm like, you have a podcast, like super funny. <laughs> so, um, and I just think that's how things work. So for me, it hit me when George Floyd got killed. So I was at work, like I said, I worked for a different company, um, huge company, diversity and inclusion. And I was led to write an open letter to my team. So we were actually going to have um, a team to just discuss the things that were going on in the world. And I was one that I would advocate for my communities. If it was people with disability, Asian Pacific Islanders, if it was veterans, I showed up to work every single day for them. So I found ways to advocate for the leaders. I found ways to tell their story. And then as I wrote that open letter to my team, I found that I was advocating for everyone else, but I wasn't advocating for myself. And so there's many ways for us to use our voice. For me, it was in written form. So I had to write it out. And when I read it to my team, it was so liberating because at the end, my vice president was like, oh, Tanita, I didn't know you felt that way. And it was real. It was like honest because like one sentence was, OK, we may be number one for diversity and inclusion. But do our black people feel like we're number one? Do our women of color like do the LGBTQ like I went down the list like different diverse segments. Do they feel like we're number one for diversity? And I told them, like, I come to work every single day and do my job, but you don't know me. And I said, because I'm scared, like I'm scared for myself. I'm scared for my brother. So it allowed me to do something that I wouldn't necessarily do in corporate America, um, being a black woman, because we're told at different times, we're too boisterous, we're too emotional. So with being told that years after years being groomed, it's a new day now. After um, 2020, corporate America, Black women, they're hiring us, they're um, hiring people of color. So now they're looking for that voice. They're looking for that authenticity. But before, when I was coming up, it was like me even wearing my hair natural. It was like, you needed to be polished. You need to look a certain way. So with that, if you don't fit the image of what's in front of you, I found myself not really speaking a lot because Yes, I was at the table, but I wasn't using my voice at the table. So after 2020, like wrong, right or indifferent, like I was liberated to show up to work fully. And when I say fully, not fully like at home, comfortable with my family, but knowing that I can say mm, that's uncomfortable and I deserve to be here as well. So you're going to hear my voice. And so that's one part of it. Another part of it was growing up in the inner city. So I, I grew up in Watts. So Watts is in the inner city of LA. And so growing up in Watts, my parents sent us to magnet schools. Going to magnet schools, the white people said, oh, um, she sound like ghetto. She sound black. But then in the neighborhood, people were like, oh, she thinks she white. She sound white. So growing up, I really didn't fit in. So for me, it was like either I sound too black um, I said, I'm trying to sound, sound proper. So I didn't really know where I fit in there. So that's when I found myself speaking less and less. And the funny thing now is when I'm on platforms, when I'm speaking, um, I literally pray and I'm like, Lord, allow, open the eyes of the people, open their ears so that they can hear me and actually like hear you through me. So what's the message that you want me to speak? But it's funny because I shine in those environments, but deep down inside, I remember the first day I was on a platform and I was super scared. So 
when I show up, like you said before, it's not about you at this point. Like, it's like, okay, this is ministry. So even if I'm at work and I'm speaking on a panel, um, even if I'm traveling and I'm talking about diversity, if I'm coaching a client across the world, it all has to do with ministry. So that's how I had to start amplifying and using my voice. Yeah, yeah. So so that just struck, struck like, three things with me, right? <laughs> so one of them, uh, you talked about, you know, being afraid, but doing it anyway, right? Mm-hmm. Sort of being afraid, yeah. but still using your voice uh, to speak up. And so again, going back to myself, because of my voice, I was always, you know, afraid that I was going to be made fun of one way or another. And so I remember the first time I had to speak uh, before an audience and it was by surprise, right? So I had to preach for five. Well, I don't think it was five minutes, but it probably ended up being five minutes. You had a quick exhortation. Yes, yes. And so this what happened. So we had a um, <laughs> we had a youth ministry at my church growing up. I probably was like fifteen, maybe at this time. So we had a youth ministry, and with the youth ministry, you know, on youth day, the youth would do everything. You know, we would usher, we would sing, we would preach, you know, the whole thing was all youth. And so when it came down to the time for who the speaker would be, the girl who was over us, uh, over the youth ministry, she was probably was only a couple years older than us, but oh. she would always end up speaking because everybody would be like, no, no, I don't want to do it. And yeah. so this specific day, she got up and, you know, she's getting ready to, you know, speak. And the pastor was like, hold on. You know, every month we have this day, and it's always the same person. She's like, we got a whole youth department, you know, and she was like, you know, you guys, somebody else is going to speak. So she chose me and my cousin, just like right there, like, boom. And so she ended up, uh, he, my cousin ended up going first. And so that gave me like three minutes to find the scripture, you know? Yeah. So So that gave me a, a couple minutes to find the scripture. And so that was my first time you know, getting up and speaking but before an audience, uh, you know, publicly, you know, like a, on, a, on a platform, should I say. Um, still dealing with, you know, my voice, still dealing with the fact that I know I have something to say, you uh-huh. know, still dealing with um, not necessarily, uh, still not feeling comfortable, you know, with my voice uh, over the years. And it's, just crazy how, of how that works, you know, despite your own thoughts, your own limitations, when you press forward to do it anyway, to the point that I became a, a minister, I became a preacher, I became a pastor, you know, and now I'm doing a uh, podcast with the same voice, you know what I mean? <laughs> so just that, to have that um, notion or just to have that inner strength that, you sometimes don't even know where it comes from. But once you start, you know, once you start that thing of, of putting yourself first in any area, you uh-huh. know, so, okay, yeah, I'm scared, but I'm going to do it anyway because uh-huh. I believe what I have to say someone needs to hear, you know. And when you start making them them first steps, it just kind of mirrors in, in other areas of your life, you know, and then you'll find yourself, you know, moving forward. And, you know, finding yourself in, in positions that you probably never would thought you would be in just because 
you took a step for you know for yourself and so i think that you know when we when we're talking about you know um finding your voice but i think it also not just finding your voice but then finding the, the inner strength just to show up for yourself you mm-hmm. know just to literally show up you know because sometimes you know it can be where we might have the opportunity and then we still shun back from it you know mm-hmm. but i think that as we're pressing forward as we're we're advocating for ourselves as we're you know making ourselves a priority we have to also make it a priority to show up mm-hmm. you know because those doors will open those opportunities will come you know and but you got to be willing to stand up in those spaces representing yourself as who you are as you did you know when you when you wrote the letters like you know what this is my moment this is my time i'm going to stand up and i'm going to say what i need to say and i mm-hmm. think that's a, a process you know that we got to get to i think mm-hmm. there there is in some process in there you know maybe you can explain it a little bit better than i'm explaining it but i think there is a process i think there is a um some steps to being able to show up for yourself uh in those situations should i say so i think um when you went to like your first time you were speaking i'll go to the first time i was on a panel and after the panel the reaction of the crowd like i had people waiting in line to speak to me and i was just like y'all want to hear from me like so i said something that was good on the panel it resonated and you guys want to follow me you want my help? You want to talk to me? And so I talked to everyone like I normally do. You show up, literally went straight to the restroom. And I was like, oh, my God. And, like, my insecurity started coming up, like, the girl from Watts. Like, am I going to say it wrong? Am I going to? And I had, like, this level of perfectionism, like, in my head. Like, you're not supposed to stumble. You're supposed to say it this way. You're supposed to show up. And I had to actively, and I have to continually um, show up for myself and push past those things every day. So when I look at the stage that I would talk about now is changing the narrative. So for me, in the beginning, I said, you need to identify your why. So for me, what are those things that start to come up? What it sounds like for you, you were like, oh, my voice, I'm quiet, I'm this. So you didn't want to use that voice. I like to think that the area that the enemy is attacking us in with both of us has been our voice. Many times um, I found myself in a situation I can actually pinpoint when I lost my voice. It was when I was in college, I went through a whole situation, but um, it took me years to actually do the work, acknowledge, and other people had to point it out to me. And so when I say identifying that why, so when I went to the restroom and said, people want to talk to the girl from Watts, They didn't care where I was from. They love the information that I provided. So I had to talk to myself and say, yes, the girl from Watts. Yes, Tanita, I have value. I have something to say. So even when I'm showing up, I have to say, what are those things that I'm telling myself? On my wall, when I wake up every morning, I have on my wall, I'm enough, I'm chosen, and I'm loved, period. So it doesn't matter what room I'm in, what people, what um, person is going to acknowledge me that day, the accolades, none of that matters. When I wake up and I look at the wall and know that I'm enough, I'm chosen, I love. Those are the three words that God gave me because those are the areas that I, I didn't always feel like I was enough. 
So God made me enough. What does God, who does God say I am? I have to recite that to myself to build myself up. And that's changing the narrative. So if I can start my day on that foundation every single day, because there are times when you're stretched at another level, it could be at another capacity, a new assignment, something uncomfortable. You need to remind yourself, guess what, Tanita? I'm enough, I'm chosen, and I'm loved. So a couple of months back, I was at a mastermind in Mexico um, with um, an inner circle that I'm a part of. And I sat on the front row. And mind you, I was not going to sit on the front row. I decided to go three rows back. But someone was like, oh, no, we have to sit on the front. So it's important to who are the people that are around you? Who's in your community? Who's pushing you? She pushed me to get on the front row. So we're on the front row. We had to do introductions. I know you put a mic in my hand. It's go time. I, I have my introduction. I have my elevator speech. I know what to say. But I was like showing up in a capacity that like I was stretching and I was expanding. Like they're going to hear me. My voice is going to be heard. But when I was done, like my hand was literally shaking and I was like, drink some water. Like it's really self-help. Like you have to talk. It's a process. And I was like, you got this. You did it drink your lot. Like people feeling me, it was, it may have been also nervous that the eyes were on me. Like people are recording me. The person that's over were giving me accolades. Like, yes, Tanita, we need to do this. Like, and I don't know what made me nervous. And people think like, you get nervous. I get nervous when I speak, mm -hmm. but I still know like it's game time. Do it scared. You know, you may stumble, have a couple of bullet points. Like even right now, I had a, little, a couple of bullet points just to direct me in the event that I go blank. So there's things that we need to do to prepare ourselves to make sure that we're um, prepared. I'm not saying just jump out there like you never did a speech and now you want to do a keynote. Right. I wouldn't suggest that. <laughs> but, <laughs> but who do you need to talk to? You may need a coach. You may need to have somebody who's going to say, okay, great. You want to get into speaking? Do you have a speaker sheet? What are the topics that you want to speak to? Do you want to do podcasts? Do you want to do keynote? Do, there's different types of talks. Do you want to do workshops? Okay, what um, what are some things that you've been through? What is the layout? What are the modules? So you can have someone guide you through and help you through. And at the end of the day, if you don't know, there's free options as well. You can get on Google. You can get on LinkedIn and do research. So it's about pushing ourselves outside of the comfort zone and doing the work. For us, it's speaking, but for other people, that thing that's resonating, like that thing, I literally like post about like that thing. When people are talking and that first thing that you think of, that's more than likely the thing you need to work on. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, what the area you're being attacked in, right? The area that you need to show up in, that's the area that you need to help others in. So that's what I have about that. Yeah. And so, so that, that brings me to, to two things, but one thing I'm going to go back, uh, to what you were saying when, when you were even talking about the people that's around you, you know, and you talk about community, basically, mm -hmm. you know, who is your circle? Who is your inner circle? Who is those um, that's around you? Because a lot of times, sometimes we are so afraid of ourselves that it take others to see something in us to be able to say, hey, you know, you have something, you have a voice, you have, you know, whatever this thing is um, that you may not see in yourself, mm -hmm. but other people see it in you. And so, Again, I'll take myself even as a, as a, you know, over the years, again, growing up, becoming a uh, minister, becoming a preacher. You know, I remember I was an associate minister um, <clears throat> at a church where there maybe was maybe 10 
associate ministers besides me. So it was a, it was a host of us. And oh. so, you know, when it comes to preaching, you have your hoopers, right? You yeah. know, the ones, you know, do, you know, do all the extra. That ain't me. You uh -huh. know what I mean? <laughs> That's not me at all. So even with that, I, I knew I had something to say. I knew I had a voice, you know, but then I'm comparing myself to those, you know, around me. And I'm like, man, you know, how I, how, how am I going to be received because this is the norm in this capacity that I'm in. And so I remember saying, you know what, I'm just going to go and, you know, do what I do, whatever. And so that's what I did. Whenever I, I was chosen to, you know, speak for whatever service or whatever, I came in and I'm, I'm more of a teacher than a preacher, you know, so I'll come in and I, and I would teach, you know, I would do my thing. And what really encouraged me was the, the reception from the audience, from the, the um, congregation, those that, you know, came up to me afterwards and, and, you know, talked to me about what I had, what I had said and how it helped them. And then not only that, but the other preachers, you know, like, even though I didn't deliver my message, maybe the way that they did, they came to me and was like, Hey, you know, that was good. I got something out of, it. I liked how you did, you know, whatever, whatever. And then even later on, after I stepped into the position of a uh, executive pastor, you know, I was under the leadership of someone else, um, but I still was approached by several people, uh, other pastors to, you know, if I wanted to join their ministries, you oh. know, and so it's even those things that, you know, even though by this time I had more confidence in my voice and whatever, but it still was those people within your community that encourage you, that uplift you, that, you know, sometimes advocate for you when you don't advocate for yourself. Exactly. You know, exactly. and just pull something out of you. And I think that that's a um, a blessing when we really talk about the people that's, you know, when we're striving to become better, when we're striving to do more, when we're striving to show up for our, ourselves, you know, is getting a, in those environments where that's nurtured, you know, those environments where you are uplifted, where you are encouraged, you know, to be able to grow even more for yourself and to show up for yourself and to do the work. Yes. You know, I know you mentioned about doing the work, and I think that's one of the most important parts of, of this whole conversation because we can want, you know, whatever we want for ourselves. We can want whatever we want for our future, but if we don't show up to do the work, you know, then it's all going to be null and void. You know, uh, even the, the, the scripture says, you know, faith without works, you it's know, fair. and a lot of times we, we lean so heavily on on the faith part of it but we don't want to do the work that's necessary to bring about the things that we are uh we're praying for or, or hoping for and so i think that that doing the work part um is like a major stepping stone to getting from where we are to where we're trying to be would you agree with that i agree and it was something that you said that um, I wanted to touch on as well, where you said looking at other people. We live in a day and time, social media, like mm -hmm. everyone is doing something. Everyone is speaking. Everyone is showing up. Everyone has a business. Everyone has a message. And sometimes we could get distracted. We could get distracted by the glitter, the, everything that glitters not gold. Like, but we could get distracted by the likes and the followers. But at the end of the day, 
And God has given each and every one of us gifts and talents. And if we are trying to be a copy of someone else, then we're not giving God the glory of how he actually made us. And it's being authentic to like who we are. And so for me, it's very a very simple lesson is like my gray hair. Um, I started graying at like 16, but it was in the back of my head. So I didn't have to see it. So um, all these years I was like dying my hair because I did not like my gray hair. I felt that it made me look old, um, me being single. I just didn't think like, I just had all these things. And then it wasn't until I like embraced my gray hair fully. And I laugh when I go in a room, I'm memorable. Like people see my hair, I stand out and I laugh and I'm like, God, the very thing that I was trying to hide behind the very thing that I did not want to acknowledge, like my gray hair. And now People are always saying how beautiful my hair is, how beautiful I am. And like, I love your hair. And I'm just like, God, you're funny. And for me, it's very simple. I use the example of gray hair. I can also go with like exhorting, um, speaking to people. But I just want to challenge everyone out there. There's ways to figure out like spiritual gifts, your talents, um, what you're good at. I like to describe it very simple. What is that thing that you're naturally good at? What is that thing that like without little effort, you show up and you kill it? For me, it was cooking. So during the pandemic, um, I decided to start a meal prep business and I started season to a T and it was meal prep. It allowed me to pay homage to my grandmothers, very great homemakers, very great cooks. They taught me that. But when I opened the business, mind you, deep down, I serve. So I saw a need. It allowed me to serve. And one day I was driving and I was like, God, people were like sending me money. And I said, so when things were tight, you mean to tell me all I had to do was cook? Like, all you got to do is buy food, take it in your house. Like, I didn't need to open up a restaurant. Like, literally, I was sitting on a gift. So what I was looking at as cooking, I didn't want to be domestic. I didn't want to open up a restaurant. That business, season to a T, opened up opportunities for me to speak and coach people outside of my day job. And so that's when I said, this is what I want to do. Like, I want to travel the world and speak. I want to help people. So by me stepping out and cooking, what is that thing that you're naturally good at? You may just need to step out and it may open the door for something else. So we all have those like gifts and talents. So I just definitely want to encourage everyone out there to like start to like hone in on that thing. Like, what is that thing that like makes you feel good for me? The meal prep was great. I like to eat my food hot. So I love when my family come over, we have a brunch, we're eating, we're hanging out. That's different. Meal prep is not that, but still it was a whole experience. It's still service. So I definitely think it will be beneficial for people to just start tapping in. What is that thing you're naturally good at? Like, how can you make that your own and be authentic in it? Yeah. Yeah. So I can, I can attest to, to uh, a couple of things that you said. One of them, first of all, similar <laughs> to you. I'm As you see, I'm bald. I started going bald early in my late teens, you know, and I had nice hair. You uh-huh. know, I had nice hair, nice, real good hair, and uh, I always got compliments for my hair. So when I started going bald, I'm like, dude, you know what I mean? Like, like what, what's going on? You know, and I tried to, I tried to hold on to it. You know, I would get lower and lower hair. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You got to the point like, dude, just, just stop. You know what I mean? And so I just had to like, you know, forget it. I was going bald. Yeah. And uh, even more so now, even with my beard, with all the gray in my beard, you know, I, I have 
one of my dear cousins, and, and he always tell me all the time, you need to deal, you need to dye your beard, you need to dye your beard. I'm like, for what? You know what I mean? I'm like, this is who I am, you know. And I'm like, if if anyone has a problem with it, I would rather them see it and not approach me. You know, yeah. what I mean? yeah. you know what I'm saying? Then to change who I am to appease somebody else. You know, mm-hmm. and so I'm like, this this is who I am. This is my representative. You know, mm-hmm. like you look old. I am old. You know what I mean? Hey, you whatever, know, whatever, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, hey, I'd rather be old than the alternative. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. so once you stop getting old, that's when you really gotta worry about it, you know. And so I, I can attest to that, you know, even having those looks, your looks change and those things kind of being uh self-conscious about that. Um and another another thing that you said when we when we're looking for that thing, you know, in which we are we're called to serve. Um, when I started my journey to finding, you know, my purpose and and where what I'm supposed to be doing, you know, God gave me a quote, and the quote says that uh, pain births promise. I got to get it right because I I just said it now in my mind just went blank. Pain pain births. Purpose, purpose births progress, and progress is the evidence that God is at work. Okay, so that's what it was. So I, I often tell people that because even with me doing a podcast, this is not where I started, right? Mm-hmm. My original platform, which came out of my pain, was I was having some issues in my marriage, and when we got to the bottom of it, it basically was a difference in our upbringings. I came from a two family household. My wife came from a single parent household. Mm -hmm. And so there are differences that we had in growing up. And so dealing with that and looking back on my past, I realized that every woman I had ever dated was a fatherless daughter. Mm -hmm. And so taking that in consideration and really diving a little deeper you know, within myself uh, and into that area, that's how I even got on Instagram because I, I started a page called Friends to Fatherless Daughters. And mm-hmm. so I was talking about, you know, uh, fatherless daughters, you know, from a man's perspective and, and things like that. And from that, I was asked to be on uh, podcasts. You know, I, I asked to be on like seven or eight podcasts and having a conversation with one of the podcasts host afterwards um when we were able to actually meet in person he was like you need to have a podcast you know and and the, that conversation which birthed even this you know to the fact that i'm here now so it was that pain which births that purpose right and so <clears throat> actually <clears throat> excuse me before i even started the friends of fatherless daughters page i had a male mentoring page so that was my very first platform that I was on on Instagram. And so when I started the Friends of Fatherless Daughters page, it really was just to kind of, you know, air my thoughts or whatever. But that took off so fast that I was like, okay, I got to go with this. Because <laughs> again, it goes back to, you know, uh, the, the purpose and the, the progress is the evidence that God is at work. So my original platform was doing okay. But when this one started, with the friends of fatherless daughters, the progress was instant, you know? And so I'm like, okay, I have to go with that. So following that, where, where God was leading me, led me to here. So now I'm going on, you know, a little bit over a year of of podcasting, you Mm -hmm. know? So it's that, that, thank you. Thank you. But 
just stepping out there and following that that process, you know, um, it's different ways to find what it is that you are meant to be, what what it is that you are meant to do while you're here. And I think that once we get on that journey and we start looking for those answers, it's all around us, you know. And like you said, you look at those look at those areas where the devil is finding you the most, you know, because that just might be it. You know, and like like I said, even since I was my whole life, it was my voice, you know, mm -hmm. and now my voice is one of my biggest assets, you know, whether it's preaching, whether it's speaking, whether it's podcasting, you know, uh, even web webinars and things like that that I do. Um, I, I just got into a company or uh, got involved with an organization called Forgiveness Mission, and we do forgiveness workshops every quarter. Uh, mm -hmm. Of the year, and you know, we talk about forgiveness and teaching people about forgiveness. You know, that's again, that's all with with this. This yeah. same thing that I was, you know, at an early age didn't want to use because I thought it was going to be made fun of. But now the same thing is being celebrated every day, you know. And so it just finding that again, paying attention to those things where where the devil was trying to fight you the most because that might be where God wants to use you the most. You know, and just opening up our eyes to be able to recognize that, you know, in our day-to-day -day lives. Yeah. So that's good. That's good. Yep. yep. Miss Tanita, I'm not gonna hold you too much longer. Uh, I thank you so much. <laughs> you keep going. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> so I thank you. I thank you again for for taking out the time to be here to definitely for uh, sharing your voice uh, with us and, and giving us of yourself. I, I want to let you have the last word. Um, so I want you to leave us with, you know, whatever it is, it's, it's inspirational, informative, however you decide to flow and definitely give us your, uh, um, your social media handles and, and all of that. So I'll give you a second to, to kind of think that over real quick to my listeners. Thank you guys for tuning in once again to, uh, the deal to heal with E James podcast. I know I told you guys, I was going to tell you how you can win a hundred dollars from the podcast. So here we go in order to win. $100 from the podcast, you need to join or you need to enter our super subscriber contest. What does that mean? That means you just need to subscribe to our YouTube channel, to our Facebook page, and to our uh, podcast on Spotify. Again, just subscribe to our YouTube page, our uh, Facebook page, and our podcast on Spotify. After you've done those three things, text the word WIN, W-I-N, to the number 866-326-0730. That's 866-326-0730 to qualify to win $100 from the podcast. The podcast, I mean, the uh, contest is random, which means I pull the name at any time, and it's ongoing, which means it never stops. So once you're in, you're in. You know, you always have a chance to win on at any time. So again, if you want to take the chance to win that $100 from the podcast, join our super subscriber contest. Okay. So uh, Miss Tanita, again, thank you so very much for being on. Thank you for taking out your time uh, to share your story and your voice with us. I'm going to let you have the last word. So the floor is yours. Thank you very much. And once again, thank you for having me. So um, first things first is the title. Healing yourself by doing self-work. I want to let everyone know out there that you have to do the work. You can sign up with the coach. 
you can sign up to the program, you can read the book. But if you do not apply the lessons, if you do not show up for yourself, if you do not advocate, if you do not make that change, and ways to make the change, I like to always start with the acknowledgement. So the identifying that I spoke with earlier, it also deals with acknowledging. You have to acknowledge that you had enough. You have to acknowledge that it's time for a change. You checked into that class for a reason. You got that coach for a reason. You read that book for a reason. So now it's your time because the author can't heal you. The coach can't heal you. They can provide you the tools and the resources. There's one person that can heal you. And I wasn't going to point you to God. I really wasn't going there. But I'm like, if we're talking about healing, it's God and then it's you. You have to do the work. You need to show up for you. And so if you are struggling with how to show up for yourself, you don't know how, you don't know where to start, there's so many resources out there. I would love to open myself up as a resource. My Instagram page is at Tanita Speaks. That's T-E-N-I-T-A, Tanita Speaks, S-P-E-A-K-S. And then my website is also Tanita Speaks. So you can go there as well. And once you go there, you have so much informational um, resources, lives, things that I've done. But if you want to schedule a complimentary talk, click the link in my bio and we can have a conversation to see if we're a match. And if we're a match, I will be more than willing to help you to get to the other side so that you can acknowledge and you can start doing the work today. So super happy to be here. Know that give yourself grace. It's a process. You need to choose to do it every single day, even when you mess up, when it gets difficult get back up. We're here to help. So thank you. All right. All right. And there it is. So we can't say it no better than that. Again, thank you guys for tuning in. This is Ernest James and this is the Deal to Heal with E. James podcast. And our mission is to help you to deal, to heal, and to fulfill, to deal with your problems, to heal from the pain, and to fulfill your purpose. Until next week, we will see you guys later. Be blessed. Hey guys, I know you're enjoying the podcast. However, don't forget to join our text line at 866-326-0730. That's 866-326-0730 in order to receive text messages with new events and things that is going on and new episodes as they release. All right. See you in a minute. Thanks for listening to the Deal to Heal with E. James podcast. Remember to listen, like, subscribe, and share. This episode has been brought to you by Deal to Heal Teas. Put some inspiration in your situation. Wear an inspirational tea and be inspired all day. Let's go to dealtohealtees.myshopify.com. Remember, our mission is to help you to deal, heal, and fulfill. Deal with your problem. Heal from the pain and fulfill your purpose. Thanks for listening.